0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the British English Podcast. Um, This is going to be an incredibly different episode from the usual type of content that I publish on this podcast. The usual aim is to give you culture-based conversations in order to entertain you and help you improve your British English. However, today I thought it would be incredibly important to create an episode where you could hear from the people of Ukraine. So why am I creating this episode? Well, I wanted to do more than just donate to these people in need during this catastrophic time and After rewriting this intro many different times, I suppose I should start at the beginning to to get us all on the same page. So here's where I'm at and why I wanted to do this episode. So on the 24th of February 2022, Russian troops began a quote unquote special operation in Ukraine, which we know for a fact is actually an illegal invasion of the country. Since that day, I've spoken to a lot of Ukrainian and Russian friends who are living both abroad, but also in their respective countries at the moment. And I've watched the news in both the UK and Australia. And while this whole experience has honestly depressed me on a day-to-day basis and I've shed tears over the extreme violence and the extreme danger that people are facing in Ukraine, I'm actually really shocked as well by how damaging the fake news, misinformation and propaganda that's going around really is. I knew that misinformation has been a problem online for at least the last decade. And there's been major issues between Ukraine and Russia, especially on the border, since 2014. However, I've had a few conversations with people and I've kind of also been shocked at the things they've been telling me. Hearing the differences in these people's genuine beliefs on this topic has really been disappointing because misinformation, much of which is, is just blatant propaganda, is clearly absolutely everywhere, not just in Russia. I mean, I've heard from Russians who believe that it's a peaceful takeover and that they are just simply trying to de Ukraine, but this is absolutely, absolutely absurd when you actually look into what's been going on. But that being said, I've also witnessed misinformation or brainwashing coming from the West and the way that the news covers what they want to cover in order to be in alignment with the government or simply to get more clicks on these attention-seeking mobile devices we have. So what can we do to battle misinformation and propaganda? Well, In my opinion, the best I can do is simply share the experiences of real people's voices here on this show. Remove the propaganda, remove the news reports and editors and governing bodies that control a lot of the news that we hear. So I reached out to Ukrainian followers at random and asked for them to simply tell me about their experiences, their own experiences of what's going on in their life at the moment, in their own words. For obvious reasons, I'm going to keep everyone involved in this podcast anonymous. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to include every single person who reached out to me and was kind enough to share their time, their voices, their stories. But I want you to know that I heard you and this episode was inspired by you. So thank you. And I'll let the people of Ukraine take it from here.
1: So, my life has completely changed and it will never be the same again. I'm a simple teacher in the city which is called Dnipro. In the morning of the 24th of February, at six o'clock in the morning, we woke up because my husband's sister called. She lives in Kyiv. She called and said that they are Borispil airport is being bombarded right now. The feeling which I felt inside me was only shock, I was stunned, I couldn't say a word. At first, Russian troops were bombarding strategy-important spots in our country, such as military units and airports. Sometime later, they started bombarding just simple residential areas in Kiev, Kharkiv, Sumy, Kherson, in part of Zaporizhia, Melitopol, and some other parts of my country. Panic started to raise. People didn't know what to do. They just started buying everything that they could in the shops. I mean, food, some personal stuff, stuff for their homes, like sticks, like candles, like batteries, like lighters, everything possible that could be necessary in such situation. Some people, of course, started to leave the country, and a lot of them has left. And people who are now in Ukraine, who are staying in their motherland, they are struggling. First of all, struggling with their psychological, terrible, dramatic, dreadful psychological condition that they have right now. A lot of cities are occupied, and they don't have enough food, they don't have enough water, they sit in underground shelters. A lot of people are dying in these underground shelters because of lack of water, lack of food, because of coldness, because small children don't have enough food for them, because of missiles, because of weapons, Russian missiles and Russian weapons, of course. Small children are dying, and every day we can observe Huge amount of photos of parents who are holding their small children, who are holding their died small children and cannot do anything. Pictures of doctors who are crying next to the bodies of these died children and people.
2: In the morning of the 24th of February, I woke up to the sounds of an explosion and air-raid sirens. A few minutes after that, my brother called me on my phone, saying that the war has started. Little did we know, what we heard in Kyiv was just a minuscule part of the series of explosions that surged across Ukrainian cities. Long story short, a few days under the war, we learned where all load-bearing walls in our apartment were, how to quickly get into a bomb shelter when required, what essential things one should bring there, and how to estimate the proximity for an explosion, etc. So it is safe to say that our lives have changed yet again. All we took were our backpacks, a couple of t-shirts and some paperwork. Being on the go again with nothing but our backpacks is quite, quite evocative as it already happened to us back in 2014.
3: Well, most people I know, like I mean, my family, my husband's family, um, my friends, they are um, currently in Odessa, where it's not too bad, it's my hometown. And um, lots of people, especially with little kids, they left right away, basically on the first morning when the war has started just because they woke up uh, to the um, missiles flying over their house, so they just collected their clothes, in 20 minutes they, le- they left country, I mean they left their home, then they left country, and um, yes, yeah, so they're out of Ukraine. And for the rest, uh, like I said, it's not too bad in my city at the moment. And the city is preparing for a big attack because it's a pretty big city. It's a big port of Ukraine, probably yeah, the biggest one. And strategically, it's very important um, city to be um, occupied. So they're expecting Russia to be there. And Russian troops, Russian ships... We're trying to approach but apparently because of the bad weather they got back closer to crimea i don't know exactly i'm not there so i can't tell you anything and there are plenty of fake videos um where you can kind of see plenty of ships um, in the sea from the shore of odessa which is not confirmed by my friends and relatives who some of them, they they live uh, they live uh, not too far from, from the beach. So basically, a friend of mine he starts his day waking up and going to the beach and see to see what is happening there in the sea. Is there are there any ships? Yeah, there are plenty of alarms going um, during the day every single day. In the beginning, people would be scared. Now they kind of got used to it, so they not really react to them anymore.
4: I'm from Lviv. This is one of the most beautiful cities in the west of Ukraine. Putin lost the first stage of war, as not a single Ukrainian city or village welcomed his tanks and soldiers. We Ukrainians do the best we can addressing Russian women, asking them not to let their husbands and sons come here, but they refuse to believe us. Russian speakers from Kharkiv flee to the west of Ukraine. And you know what? We fully support them. They feel grateful and safe because this is their homeland, no matter where you live, in the west or in the east. They are safe, but at the same time they are devastated. Their homes have been ruined. They were running away literally without any baggage. They spent days and nights in shelters, in basements. And today thousands of Ukrainians are still there without gas, electricity, water, and their food and medical supplies are coming to its end.
5: A war is actually happening in Ukraine. A cruel, unjust, violent war, where hundreds of civils and children are killed by people who somehow decided they could invade another country. A peaceful country, a beautiful country, an independent country. They came here to, quote, save us. Save us from what? From living our peaceful life, or maybe from going out with our friends and spending time with our families, or maybe from earning money, creating new things, traveling, or maybe from sleeping in our beds without listening to explosions and bombing. What is actually happening in Ukraine is that our cities are being destroyed, our lives are being taken away from us, our children are being born in dark, cold, wet bomb shelters, and sick people who depend on taking medicines are being left to suffering and slow death. What is actually happening in Ukraine is that We are promised green corridors, and then when people are being evacuated, the enemy army starts to shoot at them and then lie that it's us who do not respect the ceasefire.
6: I have to say that it has changed dramatically in spite of the fact that we actually live in a quiet region, uh, though the enemy is is not far and uh, It's frightening. Well, about our region. Educational institutions don't work. Uh, The shops are almost empty because the factories um, that produce food, uh, almost all the factories, they don't work. They stop their work. And um, now it's uh, more and more difficult to get... uh, the things we need in the shops but for the moment it's uh, actually it's okay because we compare our life to the life of people who live there near the front and uh, we can't complain really we can't my sister lives near Kiev and uh, she says that the circle around Kiev is less and less every day and uh, they hear explosions every day, all the time. They could leave, but they didn't. My groupmate, for example, was near Kiev as well. Um, She's got two children. Uh, They left because uh, in their very region it is very dangerous and uh, cities and villages are getting occupied and it's just, it's awful.
7: We can't go out and uh, we can go only to the supermarket, I guess. And, uh, of course, I don't go there. My father go there because uh, it's unsafe for girls and women to go out, but in uh, other parts of Ukraine, the situation is uh, worse because in uh, Mariupol, there's no uh, electricity, no water, and we don't have connection with people there. And in uh, cities around Kyiv, Irpin, Ibucha, there's uh, no electricity either, and uh, there are no houses. Because uh, Russian just destroyed them, so and people can't like, go out because uh, Russian told us that they could go out, like you know this uh, special corridor. I don't remember how they call it uh, for refugees. But when people tried to escape, Russian just started fire. So. A lot of people died while trying to escape, so yes. Uh, Kharkiv uh, is destroyed totally, so people don't have houses, so life is like this.
8: You know, life has divided into two parts after the 24th of February for me and my family and for all my friends. Right now, I'm not in my uh, native city. We had to move to the neighboring city where there are no bombings right now because we woke up on the 21st of February uh, in my house with my family because of the bombings and we have to move out because it was really dangerous to stay there. Uh, Also, we uh, were hiding in the uh, shelters like a kind of a bunkers for the people and it was really horrifying and um, difficult because we have a child of she's six years old and that's why we um, just took the decision to move to another city. Right now it's much more uh, safe. And also a lot of my friends, uh, they moved out not only from our city, they moved out from the country. Uh, for example, my best friend, she moved to Poland with her son. Her husband stayed there uh, in my neighboring city. And right now they are the refugees and they have to leave um the new life there in Poland. Also a lot of friends, I have another friend from Kharkiv. This is the city that is being under bombing right now. And uh, they also moved from there because their uh, neighborhood was bombed down to the ashes and they have uh, to move to uh, Western Ukraine to their aunt and uncle like this. You know, my uh, husband, my mother-in-law, she lives in Russia and she called, it, she's Ukrainian initially, but she lives in Russia for the last, uh, um, maybe uh, how many, 15 years. So she has been living in Russia for the last uh, 15 years. Uh, she's still pro-Ukrainian, uh, but she can't leave Russia really right now. Uh, to Ukraine and she tells us every day about the propaganda in uh, Russia, what she can see on the TV and what we can really see there in Ukraine and uh, for example there was the moment when in Irpin uh, this is the city near Kiev, uh, there was the photo of our people, they were hiding under the bridge uh, to uh, survive the bombings and um, Russian propaganda showed this photo and said that uh, Ukrainian military does not allow Ukraine Ukrainian people to leave the um, under the bridge because they want to kill them. Um, actually, this was the photo of just people hiding from the bombings under the bridge, and they really um, convert all our photos into absolutely opposite things. So for example like this photo yeah and all the things that happen for example there's green corridors for the refugees from the bombing cities Uh, they say that ukraine does not give us the opportunity to take the people from the places and they do not give us uh, the green corridors we want to but ukrainian army forces they don't allow us to Uh, set people free. But actually, no, our people, our Ukrainian army forces, they want to set free these people, but the occupants, they bomb the cities all the time. Uh, The bombings, they are constant, and it's really impossible to uh, bring any medicine, uh, any food, supplies, and so on to the uh, areas and the, to the regions that are under bombings for example like uh, from my neighboring city this is zaporizhia uh from uh, 30 kilometers away there is the city Vasilivka and it was under bombing for the last uh, i don't know how many three days already and it was super difficult to uh, get uh, of medicine and the supplies there because the occupants they did not allow our volunteers and our army forces to get into the cities and just to feed people and to give them medicine
0: all right so I'm going to leave it there with the voices of Ukraine telling us what they are experiencing right now on the ground in Ukraine. I'd like you to keep in mind, though, that those who responded to me are likely the least affected as they are still able to respond by email and messages without needing to focus on fleeing the country or, even worse, fighting. If you're Russian and you're listening to this, then just know that I'm not broadcasting this message to point the finger at you. I know that it's the Russian government, the Kremlin. I know many Russian students who are against this war, having many family members in Ukraine. But I do want this to be heard by those who are pro-Kremlin and seem to be deaf to the voices of Ukrainians. And considering that you are listening because you're interested in British English, probably suggests that you are somebody who has a more global view on politics. And therefore, I encourage you to share these kind of messages to those that believe the propaganda about the fact that it's not a war, that violence is not being used against innocent civilians of Ukraine to invade their homes. So I encourage you to not only support Ukrainians, but spread the word, let people know That this is happening. And there's a few other things you can do apart from share this episode as widely as possible. You can donate money to charities um, such as the Polish Humanitarian Action. This is pah.org.pl, providing humanitarian aid, including food and other forms of support to people who had to leave their homes. There's also the Polish Association for Legal Intervention for Refugee Rights. Um, Another option is to donate to media organisations in Russia that are not controlled by Putin's regime. They can tell Russian citizens the truth about the war and help support the burgeoning protests underway there. Medusa. Russian Online Newspaper and News Aggregator, and OVD Info, a Russian human rights service, have both been recommended by effective altruists interested in media freedom in Russia. Another option would be to direct money to groups that are providing medical assistance on the ground in Ukraine, like the French one, Medicines Sans Frontières, or perhaps in French that would be Medicines Sans Frontières, Sorry if I butchered that one or as I have the Ukrainian Red Cross. If you're in a neighboring country, you could consider hosting some Ukrainians. My parents are thinking about doing that when they go back to the UK. If if you don't like any of those suggestions, just Google donate to Ukraine and I'm sure you'll come across something. Just choose one that you think Resonates with you, perhaps. And if you're not in a position to be able to uh, donate, then reach out to those that you know to comfort them, to lend an ear and share their message. They'll feel heard and not alone in this catastrophic moment in time. But there we go. Thanks once again for listening to this episode. We'll come back to the usual type of broadcasting next week. Until then, a phrase that my Ukrainian students have been encouraging me to learn is Slava Ukraini, I am Slava. Hopefully that pronunciation wasn't too bad. All right, guys. See you in the next one. Much love.